So if you want to do, if you want to do that again, so. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I am joined by the Jason Richardson and Desmond Mason of 8-bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John Peck and Brendan White. Boys, hope you had a lovely Christmas period. How you doing? Happy holidays, everybody. Mm. Uh, hoping you're all safe and uh, Santa or whatever deity it is you worship, I've delivered you all the gifts. <laughs> I don't know if and, anyone um, worships Santa, but sure. I'm sure there's people that worship Santa. Kids especially worship Santa. Yeah, yeah exactly, you know, Jono. Come on. Yeah, We've got kids God. listening to this, hopefully. Con- yeah. Consumerism. So, uh, people worship consumerism. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so I am... Um, I'm a little bit full from the old uh, traditional Christmas Day feasting. Uh, mm. We did a, a three-hour crew, like a boat cruise around uh, Surfer's Paradise with all you could eat and all you could drink. So uh, I... Damn well got all I could eat and drink in those three hours. Uh, sadly, the, the the free beers included were either two is extra dry, uh, a light beer, or uh, a Teddy's. So I drank Teddy's for the first time in about 10 years, I reckon. But uh, yeah, got my free beers worth and ate a lot of ham, a lot of prawns. Nice. Didn't touch the oysters or the mussels because they're the devils. But uh, yeah, Christmas, huzzah. Very, very solid. Jono, what about you? What have you been up to? Lots of basketball on Boxing Day. It's the tradition in my house. Yeah. Uh, from like it almost, there's too much. Like you wake up and you've already missed one or two games because you know the time difference, and then it gets to like two o'clock in the afternoon, or, and it's like, oh, there's another game. Uh, I might give this one a miss. But they <laughs> was it twelve yeah. games? It was thirteen scheduled, but I got uh, one of them got canned because of uh, COVID. The the Houston game. So rockets and blazers. Yeah. Christmas. A lot yeah, of basketball. There was, there's one, two, three. There's five games, but it's back to back. Like they're 13. all on TV. Thirteen like, would have been just thirteen unwatchable. Was, I think thirteen was <laughs> the, the day, day before. Then yeah, that was a couple of days prior. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, it's yeah. all the blur. I'm yeah. still coming down from that was the two a big day too. <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, it has been a huge opening to the NBA season. We're only what three, four games in for each team, but mm. uh, there's plenty to talk about already. We'll. we'll jump into it in in just a sec has there been sort of a, any uh, major talking points for you guys over the first sort of uh, week and a half 10 days i think um i think to no one's surprise really the lakers are still the the crown jewel of the nba like uh yeah they dropped the first game to the clips but they didn't really give a rat's ass in that game like lebron played 28 minutes i think and davis played around 30 you know they were just just going through the motions, just, uh, you know, coming back after winning that chip. And they're only worried about the finals again. So, uh, mm. you know, they after that, the the two wins they've had were, were pretty pretty commanding, pretty just cruising. Like, it just feels like they're on autopilot at the moment. And, um, yeah, like Schroeder and uh, the Trez, they've just sort of amalgamated into that team seamlessly. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Dennis especially is looking great at the point for him. And uh, I think they're already talking about extensions for both of them after like three games, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, the Lakers are my takeaway from, from week one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's their world and every other team's just living in it, it feels like. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you see Montreal's weird sort of furry kicks they had on Christmas Day? The, the Reebok questions with the, the fur on the... 
I miss on that. the heel. It's it, certainly it, questionable, that's for sure. My goodness gracious. Like, I, I don't understand fashion these days. Like, <laughs> someone educate me. This makes well, no sense. Anth- I mean, Anthony Davis did pull him up on it, which he was he was right to. But uh, I'm also not particularly keen on these blue and white jerseys that the, uh, the Lakers are currently rocking throughout the start of the season. It I just like feels- them. I like their city jerseys. I like it, the simplicity of them. It, it's very simple, but I just feel like I'm so used to them being purple, white, and black, or yeah. you know, the, a, a combination of both. That seeing them in a completely different color shade, or at least a, a shade that's probably more representative of their uh, crosstown neighbors, is uh, a little bit weird for me. But that's just me. So it is. <clears throat> it is trippy, like seeing the Mavericks in green, and then yeah. you know, stuff <laughs> and like white that. and gold for their city. Like, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, it's tripping me out, some of these city jerseys. Mm. Johnny, what about you? What have you uh, been noticing? Um, disappointment in the Warriors and the lack of fight that we've seen from them for God. a couple of their losses. Shit. Like They just seem to be rolling over. and I know Draymond hasn't played and Steph's, like, Steph never seems to play well on Christmas Day for some reason. Maybe it's too much Christmas ham or something the night before. I don't know. I but can vouch for that. It, yeah, but I was looking through like his history and he's never really scored more than like 15 points and he's played like eight Christmas Day games since 2010. So yeah, just them. I wanted them to come out of the gates with a chip on their shoulder after last year and pr- proving that they're still like a team to be feared, but it hasn't looked like that. And we know how good Steph can be and how much he can kind of lead that team to victory from, from what we've seen in the past. So I'm not going to write them off yet, but it looks like they're going to have to actually fight to make the playoffs rather than be mm. kind of one of those guaranteed top six that you can pencil in like they usually would be. I think I, um, instead of it, the chip on the shoulder, I think it's the bag of money on the shoulder of Wiggins <laughs> and Oubre that's, that's hurting oh, yeah. this team at the moment. Those two on the wings have been absolutely up atrocious my goodness gracious yeah it's still you know so early days to to write off a team or to make any big call really uh but you look at those signings and you you kind of wonder if they will find a way to to work into that offense steve kerr is such a, a great coach that you'll think that he'll bring the best out of them and he's done that with guys you know in the past whether it be harrison barnes or even like finding a, a really useful way for Sean Livingston or Iguodala to, to get the most out of them when they haven't really had great success on teams prior always. But I think that, you know, those two guys you mentioned, really talented. They've never, like Wiggins especially, never really been able to put it together. And mm. it's kind of like, if you can't do it on this team with this kind of, you know, this, this kind of roster around him, this kind of coaching staff, I think he's going to just have to be like the next Jeff Green who bounces around the league and never quite lives up to the, the flashes of potential that they love to show in some highlights now and then. He just yeah. has Uber's, no Uber's still missing the Nets, or not the Nets, the Suns, I was going to say, because he's, uh, he's obviously been what bandied around. He went to the Thunder and then just was immediately shipped out for that first round pick to add to their massive stack. And then... Mm. Yeah, he's just not fit in. It will obviously take time, but yeah, it's it's disappointing, obviously, having seen him play so well for a couple of seasons in Phoenix, but yeah. Woof, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously, as well, uh, James Wiseman, you, we should expect, will probably get more minutes uh, following the news this morning, literally, that uh, Marquise Chris has actually 
broken his right uh, fibula in his, his his right leg, and uh, he'll be out for the season. So expect a huge jump in minutes for the number two draft pick this year. So hopefully it means uh, he'll be able to develop into a really good player. That's why he's good looked good. Yeah, he's that, looked real good. He's, like, he's even draining threes, which has surprised me. Like um, you know, he's been a he's a very traditional big man, but he's he's got a bit of range, the big fella. It's yeah. always nice seeing Sanders drain threes. It's just out of the out of the ordinary. It is, and I'm glad like Steve Kerr being maybe more of an old school guy. I'm glad he isn't going down that path of like forcing the the rookie to work their way into the into minutes. Like he's kind of looks like even though it's a successful team and a team with a lot of experience, he's willing to give the young guy a decent run pretty early in the season. So that's um looks like it's going to pay off because he's he's got some already really good stats behind him at least Mm -hmm. Mm. I actually wanted to cover the Brooklyn Nets the the... (laughs) I just couldn't help myself oh boy the Brooklyn Nets have been starting very well indeed the uh, we finally get to see Kyrie and Katie on the same court after essentially a full year of not getting it they've uh, Mm. And then they've started quite well, uh, almost a 30-point win against uh, the Warriors and then going away to Boston and, and giving them a right good uh, spanking as well. Like It's uh, it's fun to watch. Like The way that they can either go to KD or K- sorry, Kyrie or KD, it's such a luxury Like in those late-game scenarios. Obviously, they lost today against the Hornets. But Which they, completely, completely yeah. blew out everything I wanted to talk about this yeah. team. But there, there was like a 12-point deficit in that fourth quarter. For, I don't know what, what Steve Nash was doing. I have to criticize him. Like They were down for by like 8 points, 10 points. And it wasn't until they were down like 12, 11 points that he's like, okay, I guess I'll put KD and Kyrie back in. And they closed the gap right up to the end. And then they couldn't, like, you know, KD missed the game go-ahead shot. And, you know, they, it was their talent that got them that close in the end. But you just wonder, like, <laughs> if Nash inserted them a few minutes earlier, they probably would have taken that. Yeah, because that... he's the puppet coach. They were probably like, <laughs> yeah. no, man, we got it. Like, we're, we're just chilling out here, you know, where we're just checking the social media feeds. Give us another couple of minutes yeah. and posting this, this lit bloody tweet or something. And then uh, he's like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, chatting on Instagram, got away giving away all their secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think... You know, I, whether they are that one piece of the puzzle away from being real contenders, uh, we will talk about the, the potential third piece mm. of that puzzle uh, later on in the show, it seems like. But they've definitely jumped up in, in sort of the potential, at least for the East, for sure. Like, it was what the, the Celtics, the Raptors, and Miami sixes. as well, and Sixes, sort of that maybe four or five there. It was all sort of a bit of a logjam, and then the Nets have really just shot up in this um, in the stakes there, it, purely just for um, the return of KD, who's looked pretty solid since he's come back. I know that Steve Nash has said, you know, he's he's probably at ninety percent of what he was pre-injury, uh, which is still a scary sight, even if he's playing the way he is. But yeah, like good signs at least for this first week uh, for them going forward. Obviously, like you said, Jono, if if Nash can get that sort of coaching mm. mindset going rather than, you know, he's probably still stuck in that playing mindset even. But it's it's going to be interesting to see where they finish up because it, it's a very, very good start for them. Yeah, I see so, him. Sorry, uh, go, Brendan. I was, I was about to say, I see him as almost the clear number two behind mm. uh, the Bucks, And even that could be, 
argued once we see these two teams go head-to-head because they've both got pretty good lineups and a lot of guys that can sort of neutralize the star players on each respective team so yeah i knew they'd be good but i didn't think they'd be that good like they absolutely (laughs) stomped a mud hole in the warriors like i know that's not saying much but they did it with ease like right from the jump and yeah i think once these guys start finding their form and working out who's coming off the bench who's starting and things like that they're gonna be scary so uh yeah i think Mm. the nets the nets are as good a chance as anyone are coming out of the east this year yeah it's gonna be a a, an interesting sort of eastern conference this year finally after years of it being sort of a two to three horse race the the cool thing is that there hasn't been any signs of rust from two those two guys who missed huge amounts of time like Kyrie has been scoring better than than even KD at, at this point and looks so effortless the way he's done it and then KD comes out and coming off like practically the worst injury you can have in the NBA like it's it's a career killer really the Achilles <clears throat> and we've seen what it, it did to you know Kobe slowed him down a lot it's you know lesser men have have been hurt by it too but it looks like you know. I guess it's early to tell long term how how he holds up through the length of an NBA season. But he's the type of player that doesn't need to get to the rim. He doesn't need to dunk on anyone to be really effective in the NBA. He's a seven foot shooter that can get a shot off any time he wants it, and that's something that I guess the Achilles doesn't really affect as much as you know a, a guy that get, needs to get to the rim. So it's great to see that he hasn't lost, obviously hasn't lost his shot. That's not something that goes away from an injury like this and from from spending so much time off the court. And, you know, especially as his fantasy league owner, I'm just happy to see KD back in the league. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, he's a guy that was arguably the number two, it was almost clear, the clear number two player in the league. And he's not really been talked about like in the same way with the rise of, you know, Luca and Joker and uh, AD being so great the past couple of seasons. But I think he's, you know, he's always had a chip on his shoulder <laughs> and he's going to be here to say, you know, I'm the best player in the league, you know, whether mm. it's true or not. I think that's that's his mindset. Mm, time will tell whether he gets back into that conversation this season. Yeah. But uh, I've got a couple of bit of uh, some fun news stories, or some interesting news stories that happened over the Christmas break while we were away. Um, I guess we're just calling the segment Basketball Bits, I think is pretty f- pretty yep. fitting. I guess Bingo! <laughs> that will do for now. I think we'll, we'll make a new We'll have a better one next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, first up, uh, we'll quickly just run through them. There was a video, of course, going around in the Christmas period of Steph Curry nailing 105 consecutive three-pointers at practice. And this video goes for five whole minutes. And... It's just amazing to see someone with such consistency in their shot. Did you watch it all, Matt? I did. I, wow. I, I, <laughs> I, I would be scrubbing through if I was watching it. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing over yeah. and over again, so it makes sense. But part of me in those sorts of situations is like, you, you always hear things about like, oh, is this you know uh, CGI or is this someone doing like special editing to make it look like yeah. he's just nailing all these shots because you don't see the the top of the arc of the shot yeah right. you see it just hit the uh hit hit the uh the net so to speak but yeah who me who's in good form is uh his previous record according to coach steve kerr was 77 so he's blown past his record and 
none of his teammates seemed to really be surprised about it. Draymond was like, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> unsurprising, really. I couldn't but, hit 105, like, bunnies back to, like, in a row. Or, like, layups in a row. Like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I couldn't hit five layups in a row. What are you talking about? I bet if you asked Andrew Wiggins, he reckons he could get 110. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, it, it, it's great that he's doing this in practice, but, man, he's got to get some help on the court. He's, he's, he's just... I think he went today for 36 points in a in a buzzer-beating win. Yeah, he he needs to go unanimous MVP takeover mode and uh, just just chuck it all on his shoulders and and go turn back. Well, not really turn back the clock, but turn it back like two two three years ago and yeah, just just go ham. Yeah, exactly. Next story. This is an interesting one. Uh, I guess obviously with artists and musicians who have been probably a little bit hit more by COVID than most people, their livelihood more at stake. Uh, they're having to find new ways to, I guess, I get new, guess new, get new roles in, in other places. And, uh, you know, people like Big Sean, the, the rapper, Detroit native, uh, obviously not uh, exempt from this as well. He's actually just joined the Pistons as the creative director of innovation. You know, when people <laughs> just get these weird roles that... God these titles that don't make sense this is another one like but uh having just read the i guess uh media release from the pistons which was released uh i guess on christmas day our time uh, it basically says in this role big sean will provide creative counsel and strategic guidance on a variety of pistons off the court initiatives including team merchandise design in-game experience co-branded community and social responsibility activation and more and there's actually a picture of his uh, Don Life, I guess, brand. It's now been uh, blazoned over the front of the Pistons training jerseys. So <laughs> really, it's just him sort of putting his stamp all over the Pistons. Um, you, you hear these things about him creating, you know, new jerseys and, and things like that. And like the Pistons haven't really been, uh, I guess, a desirable team for on almost 15, 16 years <laughs> since the they 90s. won the championships. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they did with the yeah, 2004 was probably yeah. the last major time that they really sort of hit the uh, the cultural zeitgeist of the NBA, it's uh, fair since, to say. Since the malice in the palace, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is very true. But mm. I mean, having read into it a little more, he's, he's curating the music for games. He's creating these special edition jerseys. So he's, he's sort of just like, He's Drake. He's Drake for the Raptors. Yeah, Drake he did all this stuff for the Raptors. He kind of is. He's just improving the the culture of the team, and I guess, like I said, when you when you had your livelihood sort of change like that, you've got to sort of improvise. And, and is that create. what happened? Like, is that officially on the record that he's hit hard times? Because it's no, seen, I, I think that you might be <laughs> uh, well <laughs> making a pretty big assumption there, Tilby. Well, I'm just saying. Look, when a when a when you have to cancel tours and and whatnot because people can't come to your shows, you've got to find new ways to. Yeah, that's fair. To create new uh, new things for yourself. Sure. And, I don't I think, think he'd be hard done by. by oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this man is this man is Scrooge McDucking into he's like po- yeah. He's possibly of- he's possibly bored, and that's like yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's more like oh, what can I do? And like I think it's kind of a prestige thing for a lot of these guys to be involved with the NBA. Obviously, like Brendan mentioned Drake already. How much has it risen his profile to be, 
you know, associated with the Raptors as they won a championship. Maybe not compared to how big he is already, but even like Jay-Z was getting in with the Nets when he was like a Mm. 0.3% minority owner and he was getting credit for their new like... Yeah, Unif- the whole transition to Brooklyn yeah, the, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like the, the uniform, the new court with the herringbone patterns and, you know, getting the lighting changed in the arena uh, and, and the acoustics in the arena. Like that, it, it was all coming back to Jay-Z and like he's this like maestro of like the whole entertainment package and I don't know how much he really would have had to do with it, to be honest. Mm. But yeah, he probably it, cheated his way through some of those uh, contracts as well. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's Sleeping a, through the meetings. <laughs> it's a good marketing spin, um... For both him and for the Nets, like, you know, if, yeah, if you're exactly. a Jay-Z fan, then it probably turns you on to the Nets a bit more than it would if, if um, you know, Brian Adams or someone was the... Uh, <sighs> great you pull. imagine. Great pull. My mum my would be the number one fan of whatever team <laughs> Brian Adams backed if that was the case. She, she loves yeah. that man and has since the 80s. Oh, boy. I'd be struggling to think of anyone who would uh, represent Phoenix, so... I'll have to look mm. that one up. I think Keith Urban or someone like that. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> someone down south, you know. <laughs> you love know. a you love a good know. Stars Mozart. from Arizona. Who? Yeah, see. <laughs> I can't think of any famous like musical uh. stars from Arizona or Phoenix. I'm gonna have where's, to look that up while we where's keep uh, <laughs> where's Taylor Swift from? Like oh, Nash- my dreams Nashville or something. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's no it's, one, it's no cool to see. Like, I, I think it's going to add a little bit of flex. Like, it's going to get yeah. casual fans of Big Sean maybe more involved with the Pistons. And if they have some cool jerseys or have like a Big Sean night, like the Raptors do all the time with the Drake or an OVO night, like you mm. get cool, cool limited merch runs, cool jerseys, cool, cool experiences at the mm. arenas and stuff. So, well, he's a, life, a he's win-win. a lifelong fan. He's 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 a Detroit native, so it sort of makes sense. It's a natural fit. Yeah. I mean. Given he's on, he's in, you know, he's pretty high up in the uh, the rap game, as we're mm. going to say with with air quotations. Um, it seems a cool fit, and hopefully they make some cool stuff out of it because they do mm. love the good uh, basketball style. It's but, probably uh, the best team in Detroit. That's not saying much because the Lions <laughs> suck, the Red Wings suck, and the Pistons suck slightly less. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Betty, who's our uh, resident Red Wings fan. But yeah, uh, yeah your team's terrible. Um, <laughs> And we'll finish off with basketball bits with a uh, bit of a blast from the past. We all uh, remember Louis Scola. It was mm, uh, I do from his Rockets days. The Rockets days played a bit in Phoenix as well. wasn't uh, as as I guess successful, but uh, of course he's actually just announced that uh, Tokyo twenty twenty one might be his uh, his last dance to to coin a phrase uh, before he considers retirement. But uh, he's actually leading the scoring in Italy's Lega Basket Serie A at age 40. This is insane. And I uh, I was trying to look at uh, who would be the closest in, in sort of NBA terms for, I guess, a, a pretty successful season. And I think uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at age 39 was averaging some pretty similar numbers than what I was going to... I was just about to read off his stat line uh, for, for Scholar. He's playing 30 minutes a game at age 40, which is... Good on him. It's uh, a bit of bit of wear and tear on the bones at, at that age. Has he still got the sweet long 
dark locks? No, he's cut him off. He, he's gone. He's gone almost uh, pretty pretty simple to your sort of cut, Brendan. Oh, bit of a the, bit of a buzz, the, the short buzz and fade. Buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the hair was holding his back then. Usually, you know, the long hair can be a source of power, but uh, maybe it's the inverse. You thought he was going to Samson, going the Samson route. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty minutes a game, twenty-one point six points per game, one point five assists per game. Almost seven rebounds per game and 45.5% from three-point land for Palacanestro Varese. I hope I've got that right. I probably absolutely butchered Sounds it. Good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is some promising stuff. You don't see too many people, I guess, even past the age of you know, 34 or 35, even in the, uh, the NBA nowadays, getting anywhere near those sorts of numbers. Like, Jordan was what? 36 37 when he sort of finally called it quits obviously before the wizards uh sojourn he but, was 34 yeah but yeah that, that's it's a bit of a like i i don't follow the the lega baskets theory a too heavily so i don't know that the caliber of player that frequents <laughs> these uh the, mm. This this competition, so I don't know if Scola is still at forty is is a man amongst Italian boys <laughs> or if there is a lot of I guess not wa- washed up probably a bit too harsh. We'll go with washed up for now. But um, I think you know, you're right. Former has beens. Like <laughs> I, I think you're right. I, I do remember Scola in like the World Cup, uh, being still like an effective player. Like I remember him and Dragic were both like, oh, these guys. Like Dragic is obviously a lot younger, but it was like a different version of those guys than what we've seen in the NBA and Scola being the one that had been out of the league for a couple of years it was surprising that he could still do it mm. but you know if we're talking about old guys like when Jordan came back to the Wizards he was 38 he turned 39 in like February of the season he averaged 23 points a game that year so you know that's in the NBA and he led the team in scoring so uh, you know good on your Scola but we have to take a moment to give the shout to, to the, the goat as well I mean, you, you can't rain on Louis Scola's parade here I feel yeah. like he's done pretty well he deserves the recognition so. oh, I bet he's like a god in, in, in that country like he I, know, I don't think he's from there but he would be you know he would be MJ to them oh, yeah for sure <laughs> fair play to you Louis and uh, hopefully he gets his uh, his proper swan song at, uh, at Tokyo in 2021 and we now move to the one and only James Harden. Yeah. Who's, uh, well, he's been the talk of the NBA over the past you know, two to three weeks, given this weird, wonderful situation he's been in. Brendan, where do you start? I mean, it's strip it's, clubs, COVID tests. Yeah, like, he, he's he's not doing his brand any favours, that's for sure. Like, uh, mm. he's he's had an adoration for... For the Rippers for many years, uh, I think one of the strip clubs back in Houston retired his jersey because he like spent a million dollars in there. I don't know if it was one one evening or like over the span of, you know, many repeat visits. But yeah, he's got his jersey retired in in one strip club in Houston. Uh, so so shout out to to that place, uh, putting that that jersey up in the in the rafters with pride. But uh, yeah, he's you know you can't you can't deny his ability and his talent. Like he's a offensive dynamo he's one of the best offensive players in in the league today but the situation that's sort of uh trent like coming out outside of the game especially in houston like he's disgruntled he wants out and it seems like he's almost just 
just nudging the 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 stakeholders at the rockets there more and more to to get this trade happening like obviously there was the strip the latest strip club scenario that happened uh, a little bit uh, earlier this past year and then recently uh, with the game getting postponed and the situation with the season kickoff where he was at a, 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 his partner or his friend's birthday party without a mask. Whole whole situation there with contact tracing and stuff like that. So uh, coupled that with he, he rolled into into sort of preseason training like a week out from season kickoff where the rest of his teammates were there for several weeks. You know, putting that grind in and putting that work in as Australia's John O'Peck like to say. But um, yeah, I think I think his time is certainly numbered at uh, at the Rockets, and uh, he's he's gradually expanding his uh, his his wish list, I guess, as far as preferred destinations. Like uh, when when the trade rumors started popping out, he apparently sort of told uh, the 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 power ups there at at, at Houston that uh, Brooklyn and, and Philly were the the two places he'd want to go first and foremost then two weeks later he added miami and milwaukee to that list and then this past week which is probably you know four to six weeks on since this initial trade uh fiasco is starting to go on he's also added boston and portland to the list of destinations that he would happily be traded to so uh i think it's very much a matter of if and not when the beard gets uh shown out of texas mm. it's just going to depend on where he goes what compensation is coming back and I guess how many more jerseys he can get retired in the various uh, titty establishments <laughs> around Houston between now and then to to lower that trade value furthermore. So it's it's a thing. It's uh, it's entertaining. It's uh, the best worst type of news, I guess, as far as uh, sports athletes and people in the media. And he just doesn't get it. And he just, well, it's not that he doesn't get it. I think he just doesn't care. Like mm, you see all the yeah. reports that that was the, like that's been his team. He does what he wants. Rocks up when he wants. Uh, you know, does he, he threw a ball at one of the rookies during training? Like he was clearly just lost all interest in mm. you know playing playing by the rules. It seems so. Yeah, they've, they've just let him get away with blue murder uh, his entire yeah. time there at Houston. So I'm genuinely curious to see where he goes and what happens over the coming weeks or months. What about you, JP? Where do you stand on the uh, the James Harden uh, situation at the moment? I'm disappointed in him, to be honest. <laughs> Like, you look at a guy who has been a perennial second-round exit or whatever it's been for, you know, his entire career since leaving Oklahoma, and you just think, this guy is someone who should be out to prove himself. Like, we know he's a great offensive player. The The rap on him or the knock on him has just been that he can't get it done in the playoffs. And you would just think... Or you would want someone like this to go, you know what, I'm going to show you. I'm going to come into the season fitter than ever. I'm going to, you know, average 35 and 10. And I'm going to take us to the finals. That's what you would want. And it seems like he's not built that way. He doesn't have that, you know, killer Kobe Mamba mentality. He hasn't got the MJ DNA. He's coming across like a more of a Carmelo Anthony to me. And he's a, he's a better player than Melo ever was, if you ask me. And he's a he's a more deadly weapon on offense. But I think he's got that same thing where he just doesn't seem to get it and he's making some odd decisions about his future. And it's it's kind of like, you know, I, I wouldn't... I, I think he's, he's still... His prime, he's still in his prime, unlike 
mellow by the time he ended up kind of leaving the Knicks. He was probably starting to taper off. So I don't, I'm not quite ready to say he's going to go the same direction as, as Anthony did. But where's it? Like he could end up anywhere at this point. And, and it's dangerous when you put yourself in that situation because he could end up in purgatory even mm-hmm. worse than where he's been, which has been uh, you know, a team that's going to win 50 to 60 games every season. That's a great situation to be in because you're always in the playoffs. You're always in the in the game. You're always at, you know, um, the, 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 have the opportunity to go off and they were a game or two games away from making the finals at different points. So I can't see him going to Miami because Jimmy Butler's got that team and he ain't playing with James Harden. I can't see him going to Brooklyn because I think that they already have two guys that need the ball in their hands and I don't think Steve Nash wants him there either. Um, it's Philly, the it's the thing. It's maybe. the thing with all of those teams as well, though. Like every single one of those teams has two or three yeah. big players with them already, and right. rather than go to a team where obviously his points production and probably even his minutes are going to be numbered, you would expect him to do the sort of Russell Westbrook thing and go, "I want to be the head honcho on a team. Yeah. I want to move to a team that's going to be my team, and I want to be the first port of call. I want to be the guy who." gets the ball, starts plays, and sort of really leads a team forward. Mm. So having this idea that he's either going to go to Brooklyn, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, maybe Portland, Portland, but even then, every single one of these teams has two, maybe even three players that they already see as their big team. Mm. And if if they're going to bring in Harden, they're either going to have to sort of wedge him into this the system that they've already got with a with the duo, or they're going to have to trade one of their big players on this team already, which I doubt any of these teams are going to do. Phil, you've already, yeah. Portland, Phil you've already said trade off McCollum <clears throat> or multiple assets. Like if you're if he's going to Portland, it's McCollum plus you know um, Covington <laughs> taking yeah. him back. Like it'll be like a whole package of dudes to make up the salary, and then it's like, well, why would you want to? Like, I guess he's still playing with Lillard, and that's a, a great thing. But if I'm Damian Lillard, I don't want to play with James Harden. Like, I, mm. I yeah. want the ball. Like, I, I want complementary pieces for me. The Like, the, the in my mind, the MVP of, of the, the team, at least. Mm. And I just think he'd be, like, so much better off going to a team like the Pacers or, you know, Orlando or somewhere where he can be the guy and they've already got some pieces that will work around him the problem with that he's already signed this huge contract with the rockets they can't just trade him like he can't just sign somewhere like like in yeah, nba it's you know, be money in money out yeah you think about like nba 2k when you're creating your player like okay which team like this is the way i go okay which team needs someone and i'm i always end up going to teams like utah and in the paces and the nuggets you don't go to like the lakers to play with lebron because you don't want to share the ball with him but i it's like he wants to go to the Bucks and think that he's going to be like the man and, and that Giannis is just going to make life easy for him. It just doesn't really work mm. like that. So it's going to be so interesting. I, th- I think he's probably just going to end up staying in Houston. If you look at how hard it is to make this deal work, that both teams are happy. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's going to be tough to see where he really goes. Mm. I, I've said, I said quite early on during this whole fiasco that I thought I would never see him, play in a Rockets uniform again but quite <laughs> rightly happened. well quite rightly Brendan said look he's too valuable to that team 
you know, regardless of his his uh, his flaws and his faults. But so, where do you think he ends up? Like, let's let's get our crystal balls out and say mm. where where is he going to be by the end of this season? I mean, out of the teams that have been mentioned, you could say you could still stay say that he stays though as well. Like, if you wanted to yeah. to say Houston like, bound still, the the part of me does think he stays. But then part of me, out of the teams you mentioned, I think he goes out of the ones you've at least said they're Brooklyn. I think they'll they'll make a package with Karis Levert. Spencer Dinwiddie's probably going to be hovering around that that package as well. And I think given that Harden's got such a relationship with KD, obviously from OKC, I think sort of half getting the band back together might be the sort of thing that um, motivates him gets him mm. excited to play basketball again like clearly he's 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 lost the the joy of basketball like, he just clearly doesn't care anymore so i think having that that teammate that he very clearly thrived with um during the glory days of, of okc like that might be a big thing for him and it obviously his numbers are going to go down he, he probably won't have the what 35 40 points a game average he had during the last sort of couple of seasons but it might be the thing that gives him the kick up the ass and just to say, look, you know, you need to play for the team, not purely for yourself. But other than that, yeah, I think he might actually just stay. I think that's, it's, it seems like it's almost too difficult to offload his contract and, and really he's a, a walking, you know, bad press machine almost. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be tough. Hmm. The 42 point games helps a lot, I think. Like he's still got that value and I think there's guys who, there's teams that would want to take a fly on him but it's not the kind of thing you can just take a fly on because you have to cough up so much like even if it was the Nets they pretty much have to give away every asset that's yeah, not yeah. named KD or Kyrie and that's like I'd, I'd rather roll without him if I was a Nets fan mm. yeah. so what I, do you think JP where's he where's he going or I mean, is he staying I, I think like if it was if I was a betting man it would be like Houston versus the field and I I think Houston is probably the most likely like the one place that I'd be thinking he's going to be more than any other one team I do think he'll go I just don't know where I, I suggested something in the group chat that uh, I'll may as well throw out here because it's it makes as much sense as anything else which is Detroit for a, a package of Blake Griffin Killian Hayes and two first rounders which you I, can I hang just, out with old Big Sean at the strippers in yeah. Detroit. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Cause, I mean, I, the, the way that I came up with that was I was looking, like, it has to be a, a big contract. Like, looking at the, who the big contracts are in the league, the top, like, five or six, uh, they're all guys who are, are presumably really happy where they are. I, I can't see, like, Anthony Towns getting traded. Giannis isn't going to get traded, you know. Like, mm. Lillard's not getting traded. Blake Griffin was the first one in that list that I thought, okay, like he's someone that could be shipped off. Um, Kevin Love was probably the next one, and Mike Conley is another guy that you could make it work. But then I'm thinking, why would you send him to play with Donovan Mitchell? Um, Tobias yeah. Harris has a huge contract that could be packaged without too much hassle, probably over in Philly. So that could be the way that they make it work. Um, and yeah. Kevin Love in Cleveland, he's a guy that I could see asking for a trade and probably wouldn't mind heading down to Houston. They just would need to find an extra $9 million to, to balance the books. 
and they'd have to give up some of their young studs. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Detroit, Cleveland, not one of the places that he wants to go, basically, because he's um, <laughs> he's the player. He's the asset. He doesn't get to choose, unfortunately, for him. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm certainly... I'm taking the field as over Houston. I think it's a matter of if not when. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I think the teams you mentioned, I'll toss my Raptors in there too for Siakam and some other pieces. Ooh. So, How would you feel about it? I'd feel okay. The way, like, yeah. I don't know how to feel about Siakam at the moment. After his bubble performance and then the last two games, uh, like for the start of this season, he's he does some things well and then others not so much. And I'm like, I wonder if, the, if he's peaked already after yeah. that like most improved season and, and sort of riding shotgun to Kawhi on the way to a championship. So losing him, like we can't lose him and OG. We need one of those guys to have sort of a, a good wing presence there. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be open for it, but we'll see. Do you feel like it would be a, a, a different option as well for the ball handling part of that team? Obviously, Lowry's not getting any younger and I feel like it might take some of that pressure off him to be the creative force on that team yeah definitely like and you could see like even moving freddie van vliet into like a six-man role get him just instant offense off the off the bench the, where the spark plug yeah. harden can play at the two and and larry at the one and i think those two with a mixture of other pieces as starting five could be pretty respectable still like i don't think it would ascend us to the top of the east by any means i think we'd still be you know battling from anywhere from four through six but yeah it'd, it'd mix things up and just the way we're looking at the moment i'm wondering if Masai's massaging the phone calls in the back end maybe not specifically for harden but seeing what what can be had out there because uh yeah, something looks amiss for my raptors at the moment mm. we shall wait and see all right another new segment as well we've uh, got from our boy jono what have you got for us five minutes five, five. 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 in five minutes that's right this is uh, five and five, which <laughs> is <laughs> our uh, our new segment that we'll bring out semi regularly. Hopefully, I'm going to list five things, and I've got five minutes to do it. I think Tilby's going to be the scorekeeper or timekeeper, I should say. I'm literally grabbing my phone to grab the, uh, yeah. the stopwatch. Is your finger like trembling as you get ready to hit start? I mean, it's it's hovering over it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, so okay. you let me know when you're ready to go. But yeah. uh, I'll lead it in like this. Like, okay, Christmas Day. In the US, it's a big thing for NBA. Boxing Day over here, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Very disappointing this year. All blowouts. I, I mm. don't don't recall what the score was with Denver in that last one, but the, all the games that I saw, it was just like, you know, missing that pizzazz that you expect from the mystique of the Christmas Day game. So I wanted to look back at some more memorable Christmas events. So I've put together five. It's not the five greatest of all time. It's just five that I came across or came up with or remembered. So Tilby, without further ado, if you'd like to hit start and I'll see if I can get through <laughs> in five minutes. Shouldn't be too hard, but you guys can also react as well as we go. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> all right. So in the 1965-66 season, we're going way back because I didn't Ooh. want it to be all just like recent players. Uh, Bill Russell. As some consider the goat or the pre-Jordan goat, six foot ten, he averaged uh, thirteen points and twenty-two point eight rebounds that season. But on Christmas Day against the Baltimore Bullets, he uh, pulled in a, an impressive 
34 rebounds to go with 16 points in a 113-99 to victory for Boston. Pretty solid. Very solid. Um, and, you know, Bill Russell's a, a dude that I have a lot of respect for with his 11 championships. Doesn't get enough respect from the, the young generation. So I just thought, you know, mention him and also mention his, uh, his rival of the era. Only a few years prior, big Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt. Uh, obviously dominant in his era and at you know 25 years old he played a christmas day game against the knicks at the time he was playing for the philadelphia warriors and he scored 59 points and pulled in 36 rebounds what? just that selfish was, yeah that was a double overtime that one but you know still it's a physical performance to to be able to just notch up that many stats outstanding that's a that's a pretty good fantasy line just there, you know, 59 and, and 36. Good points on that one. Yeah, for sure. You'd, you'd be spewing if you hadn't put him into your lineup. For, He's on the bench. <laughs> for that one. Um, if you might remember a few years ago, 2016, coming out of the notorious, um, you know, the Warriors blew the, the 3-1 lead to the Cavs. Uh, and they had their rematch on Christmas Day after that. It was the... the Cleveland versus the Warriors. And as I mentioned before, Steph Curry doesn't really perform on Christmas Day. But uh, his his peers stepped up. I think Clay had a really good game. I think Draymond even poured in a few points. But it was LeBron and, and uh, Kyrie that were kind of leading the way with 31 and 25. Even Kevin Love scored 20. And it came down to, uh, I think, you know, a, a go-ahead shot from Kyrie to, to take the the lead and it was kind of reminiscent of that uh you know the end of of the finals again so it was a chance for the warriors to get their revenge two and a half minutes left they had kd on the on the roster and it was kind of you know payback time but it just it never happened so i thought that was that was a really kind of i do remember that climactic one yeah that, that was pretty 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 hype that one do you remember that one brendan no. No. <laughs> it's all just blurred, a big blur. This one's a personal favorite because I remember watching this and being super hyped. It was the Lakers versus the Bulls in 2011. And I'm not going to get many chances to talk about my team on this podcast because they're so irrelevant, in my opinion, <laughs> to today's NBA. But uh, it was it was an, a like such an amazing game like Derek Rose had 22 points not like an amazing stat line but it was the final sequence where the Lakers were up by one um Kobe got double teamed by Joakim Noah and I think Ronnie Brewer and he kind of threw the ball away uh Luol Dang stole it dribbled down there was like 15 seconds left and they didn't call a timeout which is kind of you know I don't know if they ran out of timeouts or if they just decided to go with it but they kicked it over to Derek Rose Derek Fisher was guarding him and he just drove in the lane and hit the nice, super high teardrop floater over Pau Gasol to go up by one with like five seconds left. And then I think Kobe took the hero shot with like four guys on him and missed <laughs> down the line. So One as, minute as, remaining. You know, as a Bulls fan, that was pretty amazing. Uh, and that was like the peak of Derek Rose and Joakim Noah kind of era Bulls. Last one. It's the the big Shaq versus Kobe rematch uh, after he uh, after Shaq had left the Lakers. It was their first time facing off, and it was Christmas. And the NBA was hyping this up so much they were doing yeah. 
commercials for it. They're this doing is the ads. one I remember, yeah. And uh, it was an epic, like, overtime game, I think. And 30 seconds left. Kobe had 42 points, 6 assists, and uh, it wasn't enough because Shaq scored 24, grabbed 11 boards, Dwayne Wade had double-double, and uh, the, the heat went up, and that was kind of a sign of, of things to come. The heat kind of won that 10 seconds. era of um, of the rivalry with the championship in 2006. Kobe got the last laugh with five championships to four, but uh, the, the heat took it that day. And that's five and five. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Mate, you've pretty much nailed it exact on five minutes. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I did not script anything out. I just had screenshots with some stats, basically. So, Man, that was, that was very, very good. Mm. Now, uh, I'm actually going to give you guys something as well. I didn't want to uh, spoil it until I actually got to it, but uh, I was actually going to sort of uh, run mine through the, I guess, the prism of golden oldies um or the golden oldie performances in the nba obviously from uh, from louis scola but uh i just decided to to change it up obviously we had the city jerseys last episode which was a lot of fun uh, but i thought with the ever-changing world of uh nba or basketball sneakers coming through i thought we'd uh, mix it up a little bit and uh we'd go through five of my favorite uh sneaker collaborations over the last five years and do you want me to, to to run the stopwatch on this one if you'd like to that would be very very nice my for future crib- episodes we'll have a five minute counter implemented uh, in here for this very good <laughs> we can have some some music playing in the background too but my thumb's quivering ready to go so <laughs> when you're ready all right and three two one go at number five is a one of the more recent additions to the basketball shoe game. New Balance returned after about a decade um, of being away from the game. I know Matt Bonner was pretty big with yeah. the uh, the New Balances <laughs> in the past, but uh, they they scored their biggest, I guess, acquisition of the uh, the shoe game with uh, then um, he was MVP at the time, wasn't he? Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he just had finished his uh, his Toronto run. Mm. Finals um, MVP. Yes, exactly. He uh, just dropped his New Balance Kawhi shoe, which a uh, pretty stock standard, you know, mid-cut sneaker. But uh, the the real icing on the cake was the collaboration with Jolly Rancher, the uh, the American candy. It's uh, a very fruity, multicolored design, um, as you can see in the photo that I've provided. I'm sure we'll uh, find a way to, to post it up on online so you can all have a look at it. But the real... Um, the real kicker was the, the inclusion of the, the little fruit mascots with the the now iconic Kawhi sort of blank stare, which I think was uh, a lot of fun uh, for that one. What do you guys think of that? I'm pulling it up now. They're interesting to say the least. Like uh, they look like they've been given like a pair of blank New Balance shoes have been given to kids in like kindergarten art class, and they've just <laughs> said color these in. You know yeah. the, the Christmas holidays where you get the. The, like the white sort of uh, clay statues or whatever it is, and you you paint you you color in the various creatures. That's what these shoes are to me. Yeah. Like uh, it reminds me a, mm. a bit of the new Harden shoes, to be honest. Like just a, a a- every team, yeah. <laughs> just a smattering of color. It's kind of like a Cosby sweater kind of nineties eighties thing mm. going on. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one released this year for number four. Uh, Damian Lillard's released his seventh shoe. Uh, 
appropriately titled the Dame Seven, but uh, he's sort of brought in his love of wrestling and of course mm. the uh, the old school wrestlers this time of course talking about the nature boy rick flair and he's released two uh, two editions of the rick flair collaboration uh both sort of paying homage to his wonderful uh, blue and then gold colored robes so that's sort of provided uh, pictures there as well to sort of compare yeah. with his very bright robes but uh I also love the uh, the woo on the uh, yeah, on the underside on the nice. on the tread. It's very <laughs> it's the best good. part about the sneak, I think, is the big woo. <laughs> I mean, he's also done. I think with the Dame Six, he did the the Stone Cold Steve Austin design, and I think rocked up to a Halloween game yeah. in, uh, with a Austin mask and a, and a watch shirt, which I thought was very cool. So I, I like when they wear like colors that match their team. So I don't know how these would go with the the you know the Blazers the colors. Blazers jerseys. But uh, yeah, exactly. In at number three, uh, three minutes, by the way, jumping back a couple of years to the cereal pack for Nike Kyrie four. This one was a little bit different. I was going to go for the SpongeBob design that he did with the Kyrie fives. But uh, I mean, Cinnamon Toast Crunch kicks and Lucky Charms with the inner soles actually showing the cereal that it was. So it's a nice, fun, bright design, which I thought was very nice. Mm. Um, It's very bright. Yeah. <laughs> Number two was actually a shoe that Brendan owns. It's the Nike PG 2.5, the PlayStation collaboration from 2018 as well. The uh, the classic PlayStation gray with the red, blue, green, and yellow of the uh, the PlayStation logo and the, uh, the, the button design actually sort of etched into the side of the shoe as well, as well as the light up, uh, I think PlayStation logo as well, lights up as the PG logo. I mean... I almost wouldn't want to touch them because they're so... I'm touching them right now. <laughs> rubbing them on my face. Feels so good. Uh, I'll have to get a print screen of that, I feel. Oh, so. no. They're buggy like <laughs> Cyberpunk on PlayStation. Oh, no. <laughs> I dig good. those, yeah. I, I think that they could do better than that with the PlayStation kind of motif, but I, I do like it, yeah. Mm. And my personal favorite number one of the last five years has to be the Jordan 1 the uh, the Travis Scott collaboration with the the Mocha Brown and the reversed Nike swoosh, Ooh, uh, yeah. it's a little bit of a, a, a cop out given it's probably not as used used as much as the other four. They are sort of more on court designs, but sort of combining proper NBA culture with uh, a real unique design uh, with the Travis Scott ones. I feel like it's just an ultimate. Uh, I guess sneaker design for me, but uh, what do you guys think of that reverse swoosh? I think it's one of the more unique designs that Nike's had in a while. We got five seconds left, but forgetting the timer for a second, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm done anyway. Is, is, is there a meaning behind the reverse swoosh? Does Travis Scott have anything to do with like? Is he like the rewind man or something? I don't know. He tends to flip a lot of the uh, the okay. logos and stuff. He he did uh, collaboration with Jordan and tended to like flip all of the logos and whatnot. Uh, upside down so i guess this is just like him his continuing his thing he also tends to call himself cactus jack because he yeah. tend, he, he like he loves his wrestling too like he, i think one of his shoes he actually had uh mick foley himself pro, uh, promoting the shoe so basketballers and wrestlers seems to be a big big sort of crossroads mm. or a combination we'll have to explore that in uh future episodes th- but yeah I, th- I think i like the kind of worn brownish kind of denimy Go, thing going on with the colorway more than the, the reverse ticks yeah he, mm. d- he does like a his uh his rustic browns mm. so yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that's it for me 
Pretty good. Nice, nice. I like that. I liked a uh, little bit of sneaker education. Um, I'm thinking about having bowls of cereal though. That's that's probably <laughs> the main problem. Yeah, that uh, reminds me of like the classic Aussie shoey, just like drinking out or eating oh, out of a shoe. Cereal and milk the, out of a yeah. out of a Kyrie. I'd give Dan- that a go. Daniel Ricardo doing it out of a, a Kyrie would be a, a sight to behold. I yeah, feel. Get me some corn pops in a Kyrie, and I'll suck them down <laughs> all day. There was actually um, a, a sneaker head who I think there was a Nike SB shoe um, for Ben and Jerry's. It has that sort of like cloud design and rolling hills on it and he actually ate ice cream out of the nike sb shoe and this thing costs like now is retailing for hundreds of dollars so he's just completely ruining this shoe oh, by eating ice cream out of it you eat it quick enough it won't come, melt. baby <laughs> <laughs> just get some chucks wipes and you'll be all good all good but uh yeah as we uh finish up brendan we're going back to uh we are some more we're going shooting. back to the well and be careful where you point that thing blow your own face off god i love that movie for anyone that uh, didn't catch the the previous episode with that soundbite go check out planet terror it is one of the best zombie movies <laughs> of all time but yeah we've uh we've got some some rapid response some rapid fire we've got some shoot from the hip i've only got three little quickies today because mm. i knew we had a little bit of a, a hefty agenda so uh you guys don't know what I'm going to ask. There's been no uh, ability for you guys to vet and prepare. So, uh, you know, hence hence the, the title of the segment, Shoot from the Hip. So uh, the first one, I'm going to toss it to you first, Tilby, then uh, Jono, you answer, then myself, then we'll go to the next one. All right, let's do it. We, we did that last week, so can we flip the order around this time? So you want to go first? I'll go first. Give Tilby a give, little bit give longer me more to time. Think. I yeah. hesitated All with right. Brooklyn last God, time. So. <laughs> All right, Australia's Jono Peck. Yeah. Which current undefeated team is not going to make the playoffs in the East? So we've got currently on 3-0, the Magic, the Cavs, the Pacers, and on 2-0, the Atlanta Hawks. It's definitely the Cavs. Like, I don't know how you could answer anything else. I don't know. Tilby, where are you at? I'm absolutely the same. It's got to be the Cavs. <laughs> I, just to get some controversy and have some conflicting <laughs> opinions on this podcast, I'm going to say the magic. I'm going to say the Cavs make mm. it in. I'm liking this young, Ooh. exciting ball they got going on. So give me the Cavs as a sneaky little dark horse to, we need to, to creep into eighth. We need to start like a dock of like predictions to make sure that we hold each other accountable. Um, I've started to put one together from last week's episode. That's good. Because I was thinking yesterday, like somebody said that Harden wasn't going to play again with the Rockets, but I didn't remember enough to accuse them in the middle of this. But Tilby confessed. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) I nearly accused Brendan, but yeah, we need that doc kept up to date. End of season, we'll read it back, yeah. (laughs) All right, the second question, Australia's John O'Peck, who wins Rookie of the Year for this season? Uh, Wiseman. James Wiseman. Okay, Tilby, where are you going with your bet for Rookie of the Year? At this point in time, it's really a toss-up, but I think now that uh, he's got the time, it's going to be Wiseman. God, you guys are just... See, I'm not following <laughs> suit, so I'm just pivoting what either way. What do you think way. we were going to say Lonzo of Lamelo? I get them mixed up. Like, One zero, of the balls. zero points from Bavar. like 16 minutes and like four turnovers. Like It's not going to happen for because him. Because you guys are taking the easy way out, I'm going to I'm gonna split my votes and I'm going to say that Obi Toppin, when he comes back healthy and I think another week or so, or mm. your young stud there at the Bulls, uh, Mr. Patrick Williams, who is looking pretty good. Like First game, pretty mm. good. Today's oh, game, mm-hmm. but he's he looks like he's got a mature head on his shoulder for someone that's only 19 so i'd be happy with that i'd be happy to be wrong 
Yeah, so I'm going, I'm going that way. And the third question, the most important question from this week's shoot from the hip. What is your go-to order at KFC, Australia's Jono Peck? Throw me your dirty bird order. I get so I go the Zinger box with the Wicked Wings mm-hmm. and Mountain Dew. Okay. Do yeah. you uh, get any extra salt on them chips? No, no <gasps> extra salt. They're salty enough usually. Oh, come on now, in my experience. Brisbane's Matt Tilby, what do you got? I always go for the large twister meal with a Mountain Dew and a little bit of extra salt, not too much on the chips. I'm, I'm throwing some respect your way for the twist. It's severely underrated, the twister. They they mm. are delicious little wrap specimens. Uh, but I, I straddle the line between either a tender's box or a three-piece feed. Oh, the tender's box is so good. No breast pieces if I'm going the three-piece feed, but... Tender's box, change potato and gravy to a gravy in either of these. Extra salt on the chips. Couple of dinner rolls and a 7-Up or a Pepsi Max, depending on how I'm feeling. Interesting. Very good. I would hate to take your order, Brendan. Oh, I don't make so it much down. Wait a second. You don't want any breasts? Seriously? Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be like... He's a thigh, man. They're going to see you coming. They're going to be like... They see Brendan roll up in his Mercedes and they go, oh, far out, it's that guy he's, again. He's got, a, he's got a list as long as uh, Chris Jericho's 1001 holds. So, But I uh, I actually pre-order via the app, so it's all okay. written there, so they can't bugger it up. Sure. And also, it takes the stress off them trying to deal with that through the speaker box of me, me placing this antiquated order. So It's a good idea because I ordered recently, the last time I even went to KFC, and I got home and they gave me the Twister instead of the Zinger. Oh. So I had that's, to. That's not no a bad way. trade-off, though. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just wasn't what I was, what I wanted. And there was things missing. Like they gave me like this tiny little popcorn chicken instead of like the, the, the wings. The wings, yeah. And I was like, no. Nah. So I went back and I got what I wanted. I <laughs> love wicked extra. wings and I love Zingerberg. Yeah. I'll take a Zingerberger over a fillet every day. But yeah, okay. that's uh, that's my three pressing questions from shoot from the hip for this week. So. uh yeah, my, my work is done. And uh, let us know your KFC order with the hashtag hoop dreams. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course, if you've got any comments, queries, questions or complaints, you can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams. Um, you can always follow what we're doing at we are 8 bit um, And before we uh, head off for today's episode, we should let you know we're going to be running a competition. We've got... Mm-hmm. Uh, couple little goodies we've been saving up for well, a couple months actually we didn't have the chance to do it last season but uh we've got a, a whole bundle of nike goodies some mitchell and ness stuff uh i think a couple of playing cards as well some uh panini stickers or something yeah there's there's some cards in there a couple of caps um some some bluetooth uh like a bluetooth set of headphones from audio technica some other bits of AT swag, some 8-bit swag in there. So it's it's probably valued at, I'd reckon, at least $4,000. Um, Money can't buy stuff, exactly. No, no. <laughs> you know, and, and with the volatility of the stock market these days, that price could only go up. So, uh, yeah, be sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled to the socials. Uh, we'll chuck a, chuck a graphic up and, and how to get that uh, competition uh, won, uh, over the coming days so it'll be out either just before or slightly after this episode drops depending but uh yeah we'll run for maybe maybe we'll announce it next time we record so maybe we'll let it run for two weeks and we'll announce it live here on uh 
on Hoop Dreams, and uh, that'll be our first episode for 2021. And we'll uh, we'll give away four thousand dollars worth of equipment, asterisks on that price tag, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, get hyped. Yes, and uh, I think someone's got a bit of a, a rant to uh, to reveal for the end of this episode. Is that oh, you, Brendan? Oh yeah, not not so much a rant. I just I actually put this. I thought this was on my standalone little docket notes, and then I put it on there and realized. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Wanted to sort of give a big middle finger and a big fu to the websites these days that find it, like that think it's fine to hide their news articles behind various clickbaity spam adverts where uh, you just want to see what's going on. Like I wanted to look at the NBA rankings, right? So I went NBA.com. Oh yeah, reroutes me to Sporting News. What a piece of shit website that is. And I wanted to look at the the power rankings just to sort of see what they're saying and it's like oh no actually first you need to click and answer some questions on a sports betting site about who's going to win this match blah 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 and then i get access to it i hate this stuff and it's so toxic and evil like for kids like if kids you know young nba fans not just for that website but i've seen it on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of websites like it's not new it's not new culture for for sort of web browsing these days but i think it's really disgusting and yeah, stick it up your bum because it's it's not justified. You're making enough money, NBA and NBA.com and Sporting News, to not try and sell this dirty ad space. Just to give just give me my top ten power rankings. That's all. I don't want to be getting on the sporting bet and all this. Stick it up your ass and uh, do better. Brendan White there, standing up for the little man. Oh yeah, and, uh, where we're can a podcast of the people, Tilby. We're the podcast. <laughs> of the, we're the network of the people. Exactly. Where can uh, these people find you on Twitter, Brendan? You can find me uh, lurking around um, at Brendan8Bit on Twitters or potentially down at uh, KFC, making sure they don't muck up my order and, and make sure they swap over the potato and gravy to a gravy. That's the constant gripe. That's the one I've got to sort of re-emphasize on my orders because I ain't got no time for that, Deb. Or he's down at the picket, it seems. <laughs> and uh, Jono, where can people find you? You can catch me everywhere on socials at Jono himself. And you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Tilby. Uh, a big thank you, everyone, for following with us in what has been an absolutely bizarre year, not only for, for basketball, but just for everything in general. We absolutely love and appreciate you for uh, sticking with us. And uh, mm -hmm. hopefully there's some bigger and better things to come, not only for, for Hoop Dreams, but for 8-Bit uh, we, we love you for, for sticking with us and uh, hope your New Year's are safe and happy and uh, we will see you on the next one. But until then, from myself, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming. I hope I can get a, a jersey uh, retired in the strip club one day. That's uh, it's going to be on my bucket list, I think. Spend enough money. You're going to drop a lot of notes. <laughs> going there with KFC. You'll be We're right. going to... Uh, Pink Rhino, I think, Jono, down in Melbourne. We're going to do that when I'm down there. We'll, we'll get it uh, get it started the right way. I need to hear about this. <laughs> I have no idea what you're referring to. It's a pretty famous trip club in Melbourne, Okay, from what I hear.